epi 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 episode 52 what a fucking asshole let me make you uncomfortable episode damn it steve not my cup of tea nothing for me damn it not my cup of tea damn it steve nothing for me sir you are a piece of fuck i enjoy being an asshole he probably is not that bad of a person episode 52 epi epi yeah, I mean, I've been a busy boy. Although I will say I still haven't seen Record. I want to just put that out there right now. What a fucking <laughs> asshole. Somehow the entire trilogy just appeared on my hard drive one day. Weird. So I haven't watched it yet, but I intend good, to. I really wanted good. to watch it before we got together last time. Good, good, good. Okay. So, yeah, I've been spending a lot of time at the theater in the mm-hmm. past like week or so. So okay. I've seen a, a handful of films, some very good, some very bad. Um, my sister saw you at one of the... Uh, which one? Uh Twilight. The most recent one? Okay, yeah. Yeah. So actually, I'll say that. I'll talk about that first. Okay, I'm going to throw so out there. Yeah. Twilight Saga, Breaking Dawn Part 2. Wow. Wow. The Twilight Saga, colon, Breaking Dawn, hyphen, Part 2. Just in case you missed it. Oh, damn. Okay. There's, that's real. I, you know, I, I, that, I'm disappointed. I think they could have gotten some more punctuation into yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, title. there's so many more possibilities. Maybe an exclamation point. Like, this is it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I don't know. Not a fan. So this is going to be quick. Not a fan of Twilight anything. <laughs> I will appreciate and respect how huge of a sensation we talked about this, John, like of it was that it was on book and, you know, in the novels yeah. and everything. And I'm always down for being a part of this and seeing what it's like. I remember seeing the first film absolutely disgusted by what this is supposed to have been and what I experienced. Mm-hmm. Watched the second film, felt the same way, made it through the half of the third film and gave up. Saw Breaking Dawn Part 2. I kind of got caught up on what was Breaking going on. Down. I kind of got caught up with where this film was and, I don't know, where I needed to know the characters were. This is, like, I'm laughing inside right now that I have to be caught up on this. (laughs) But, I mean, I will say one thing that... Because, damn it, Steve, you weren't going to go to a Twilight movie and not be aware of all the the nuances that were I got to know where Bella is. I got to know how... Okay. Okay, I'm not even going to admit that I know the baby's name. I'm going to take that back right now. Okay. Okay, anyway... All the ones that I saw, or something like that. Renesme. <laughs> ah, you said it. Damn you, John, and your Jedi mind yeah. tricks. <laughs> he um, knew it all along. You know, of the other films I saw, I will say this is definitely the better of what I've seen of the material mm-hmm. you know out there. There's a couple of scenes that were kind of cool, like the big shirt at the end, kind of cool to experience, or and the, and and not even a way the film was made, but the end credits are. You know, if you, if I were a fan of the series, mm-hmm. I would say it's kind of slick <laughs> in the I way they kind of wrap it up. Like I know that a lot of people there seeing it when I saw it were really like clapping, and you know you could see that they really were responding well to this like ode to the saga or the series, and not mm-hmm. just like the shitty movie that they just saw. You know what I mean? But I just my biggest problem with Twilight, and I vented to John before we were recording, is that. For a series, even made by Summit Entertainment, a smaller house, they get distribution through, like, I think, help with, like, Lionsgate or something like that. You know, you have the first film. Yeah, you don't make it for a huge budget. There's not a whole lot of crazy CG and action and whatnot in that film. It's a huge blockbuster. Five films later, four films later, it looks, like, worse than those films. Like, how does that happen? We were texting about this last night, too, Ron. Like, how do you make movies that are billion-dollar franchises... And it. you have actual like legitimate directors like Bill Condon making mm-hmm. the two last films in the series. Who you know he's a respected director. Like he's made like films like Kinsey and and um, Gods and Monsters. Gods and Monsters is the one. Yeah, I mean like really solid movies. Like legit director. 
And like the movies are like so shitty. Like I don't understand it. Like the CG is horrible. The acting is so bad. And you have people like I really like Michael Sheen, and he's like one of the main villains of this series or whatnot. Like, how does he even get involved with a movie like this? Like, how does he? I know it's a probably a paycheck is the answer. Right. You know, let's mm-hmm. be honest. But I don't know. I just I can't believe like seeing films like you know series like Lord of the Rings or the Harry Potter films we've we've discussed like. You can't, you can't, even if you don't like them, you you know that there's like, uh, okay, there's a respect for how well they're made or like how great they look or whatever. I mean, and those films also attract very high end actors and directors and whatnot, mm-hmm. but I, I will never, and I'm glad it's over. I will never though comprehend <laughs> or be okay with how Twilight has played out in, in the history of cinematic experiences. Like, Don't you think that there's something you, you're getting at the heart of why, and we really should spend not much more time talking about Twilight, right. unless you have strong feelings to, to no, convey. No, not, um, not kind of indifferent. Is that there's something kind of quickie, there's something kind of like rapidly made, something like... There is. Like everything about, yeah. the, even the Harry Potter series, which again, like you can go back and forth on whether those movies or that type of story is your cup of tea, but you can see how they went on, they took a lot of time with the later movies, they brought in more and more interesting directors you know, it sounds like they got sort of the director piece on this by bringing when they brought in someone like Bill Condon. Yeah. It did make you think, okay, well, this is interesting. This is a, a well, what real. What could director. he do with this? Yeah. But like, it still seemed like the movies have just been kind of churned out, and I, you know, Agreed. maybe yeah. it yeah. seems like at least one a year or something yeah. for the last five years. Yeah. And even if that's an exaggeration, that they definitely have that feel. That it doesn't they're seem like they're close. they're stopping and making real movies out of these things. That it seems like what they're doing is trying to strike while the iron is hot and try to get the movies cranked out while. They still have all the actors, and while sure. the while the fans yeah. are still, you know, like in high school, like I don't before know. they move on to the next series. Yeah, I mean, it. it I think that's the thing about it that the movies almost seem kind of like a cheap cash in. And I will admit that it really doesn't. I'm not the audience for it, um, but I tried to watch the first movie, and the, whereas there were certain things about it that I thought were kind of interesting, I I could barely stay focused on it to, enough to watch it. So I remember yeah. even falling asleep. It was, it, you know, it was it was a rental and I was watching it on my couch and it was late. So I can't totally blame the movie. But I don't think that I ever had any desire. There was nothing about the filmmaking of the later movies that I saw that really brought me back to say, okay, well, I guess I'll give these movies another right. chance. When and I, I kept seeing, back to what you were saying, Steve, I kept seeing really cheesy CGI in, in the commercials, like when they would show yeah. these werewolves running around and they yeah. looked as cheesy <laughs> the, as can be. The so. problem with cheesy C- CGI now is because it's, the standard of quality has has been raised so much when you're seeing it, and it's it's everything's crisp. The filming is crisp, and then you see this CGI put on top of it. It looks this smudgy, like, <laughs> underdeveloped. It's just weird. like I think it's maybe just a point where like the studio knows like we're gonna make money off this no matter what we do. Cut corners. Like we don't. Our audience is not the people that are going out and being too concerned with how great our CGI is or how even great these films are. Yeah. You know, it's going to be the number one movie, blah, blah, blah. Like, let's just pump them out. I think you're right. And that's what it is. But the most, probably one of the most uncomfortable scenes I've watched in recent history of CGI was the baby, the their, oh, their child, no. Renesmee, as she's aging. But as she's a baby, they literally took the young girl's, I guess, face, who is her as like a five or six year old or whatever it is, and like just removed the hair, shrunk it down, and put it on a live baby. What? And he's holding the baby. And it's, Don't it's, tell me they did that. It's the most ridiculous-looking yep, thing. The yep. eyes don't even move. It's Dude, it... Now it kind of makes me want to... We were laughing. Like, my whole... my whole. It, I mean, Is even my friend rem- that went that loves these movies was like, 
I knew I know she was laughing inside, whether yeah. she was out loud. I know she had to think that was ridiculous. Yeah. Was everyone remarking how creepy and strange the baby looked? Was that at least part of the plot? <laughs> <laughs> like that's a kind of a weird looking that baby. Looks like there. it has a computer generated <laughs> face. How'd you guys do this? Yeah. yeah anyway, like, yeah, that's the kind of thing that why do that? Like that's yeah. a, that's a good example of the totally needless use of computer why did you technology. Have, why did you have a baby? Just a baby. Just hold a baby. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody working. And on then that when movie you switch, when you switch to another actor later on, I, I think we've we've handled that transition in, in yeah. a hundred movies right. before you know maybe People will even. allow that right yeah. i don't That's know so weird a slightly better existence you know with this film but i would not meet not my cup of tea um nothing for me uh <laughs> I would you move sound on. like a Dr. Seuss book. <laughs> not my cup of tea, not, not nothing for, for me. me. There you go. I might be on. Maybe I have like a children's book feature in my life or something. Um, is there a, is there a, a movie store no on the that's site? Because maybe we can start selling oh your children's God, book let's make there. a storefront. Right, yeah. Ronald, you do t-shirts, right? Yeah. You can design something cool. Exactly. Not my cup of tea. <laughs> I love it. It sounded like the end of a, a Dr. Seuss <clears throat> You're right, story did. about did. saying no to something you don't like. Like somebody insisting that you do something. That you don't want to do. I'm looking into this. Yeah, man. You should start a series of books. <laughs> Dr. Steve. Okay, so Twilight, stay away from it. Stay yeah. away from it. I would say stay away from the series in general, but especially mm-hmm. this one in the films mm-hmm. and in theaters mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Did you see have you guys seen anything recently? I mean, I, I have seen a lot. I don't wanna I I don't I, wanna take a We both saw this. Movie, well, we right? both saw the long awaited. No, I don't know. We can say <laughs> the long, the long cloud atlas. Yeah. I don't know. What did you think, Ronald? Um it was a lot to handle. I, I'm probably gonna have to watch it a couple times. It's beautifully filmed. Uh, he, he had a lot of money thrown at it, and you could tell. No, it definitely showed. <laughs> I think the word we used when we were talking about it earlier was just ambitious. It definitely yeah. showed that it was trying to. I, I mean, ultimately, it may have bitten off more than it could chew, but um, that's something that's very much in line with pretty much everything they've done. Since and maybe including the Matrix, I mean, the first Matrix was a much more concise story, even though it had these kind of big ideas that were, yeah. you know, I, I always thought that people gave the Matrix the credit for having all these big ideas that were really sort of simple ideas that were just executed well. You yeah. know, the idea of the kind of brain in a, sure. in a vat and, you know, your reality is not your real reality that had been around in sci fi for a long time. But yeah. that was like the first time someone had maybe um brought it to the screen as as succinctly as that. I don't know if there's anything in this movie, just like everything they've done since. I just, I don't know. It's tough to know what the, uh, sort of what the story told about this movie in years to come will be. I I, I don't know. I could definitely see it having kind of a, a life in, you know, home video where people would have more time to kind of pour over it. Yeah. But, but it's, it's, it, it does seem like a big box office gamble, though, to put this much money into a movie like this. Yeah. And it makes me wonder if... There's a lot of ambitious movies that are now being scrubbed off the the slate because from what I've heard, this movie I don't know what, how, what's the box office for Cloud Atlas. Um, I'm not sure, but this was this was that movie that was eighteen, I think, unmakeable. Like they, they, I know that they said that like this was not. It'd been thrown around for like five years or so, yeah. and the book's not that old. Here's a fact for you, Ronald: This movie will make less than Argo did. did. <laughs> Did yeah, uh, it's weird. Did I don't. I don't want to bet you this time. I was gonna. <laughs> no, no, that's a fact. I mean, I like. I like big, interesting movies. You know, I think that, that there were so many points where where Cloud Atlas lost me and then got me back. It has way higher ratings than it though. Like every everywhere that I read about this movie, everybody likes it. It's just way. Too, it's it's not a light movie. 
I don't think. All it's, I've heard is just the amb- like what you guys said, like the ambition and the scope and what they reach for. Mm-hmm. I mean, I haven't seen it admittedly, but I've, all the reviews I've read and people that I friends of that have seen it, you know that it's what you know. Basically, it's kind of confusing, a little too gets a little muddy, but the just scope of it apparently is you know, and you can. It's say, five stories. It, yeah, it, it is trying to six stories. Six stories. Yeah, six. Wow, yeah. six stories. And and you lost one of them, huh? A couple yeah. of things that the uh, that the. <laughs> I mean, the way that it moved between the different stories and the way sometimes it would it would move in a rather rapid way between two different stories, and, and you wouldn't always expect it. I th- I found some of those connections that would be formed between two of the stories, mm-hmm. like a momentary connection, like two characters in one story would be having a type of interaction, and then they would cut quickly to another story where two characters were having a similar or related interaction. Yeah, That kind of thing was interesting. I thought that was... It, like, for a movie that's almost three hours long and is about all these... Um, kind of morose characters, or, or or just doomed characters, or or just like you said, there's a kind of a bleakness to the movie. Um, it was not boring, you know. I expected it to be much more of a slog than it right. was, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of that has to do with just the effects and the the budget. But it's, uh, the thing that really sunk it again and again for me was the makeup. Uh, the makeup. I feel like makeup should be getting better now it's instead of looking worse than it ever has. And I wonder if maybe just high res, like digital photography and it's makeup, they just, cause I think, yeah, I, feel, I don't know if it's something to do with the lighting or something, but there were some really distractingly fake faces. Yeah. And then I was thinking about it and I was thinking, this has kind of been the year of the distracting makeup. Like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> guy Pierce in Prometheus, mm. the guy who looked like a melting candle, you yeah. know? And yeah. then there was, Looper? I mean, I, yeah, Looper, Joseph <laughs> yeah. Gordon Levitt's fake face and yeah, Looper was extremely distracting to me. Again, it was so, in w- some ways it was cool that they would try to do it. But then in Cloud Atlas, you add this weird kind of racial component yeah. of just... People are super offended by that, too. Well, I'm not even offended. I just think that there's something that looks inherently awkward about trying to make the <laughs> the Asian facial structure look Caucasian and vice versa. I just found... Not in a way that offended me, but in a way that just kept taking me out of the scenes mm-hmm. where you're kind of going, oh, that must be this or that or actress. making a making somebody black-white or, or white-black. Right. It's just something weird about... And then you combine that with the fact that the lighting, that you catch like where the latex prosthetic meets the face or something. And it's just like, oh, for some reason, Susan Sarandon has a big schnoz in this scene for no real reason. <laughs> yeah. I just found that so kind of Holly thing. Berry. Like when yeah. Holly Berry was a white lady, I was like, ha! She I was a scary looking lady. Whoa, whoa, with the, with well, the this, I mean, again, to say that they, they become, you know, like multi-ethnic people are some of the most beautiful people that you'll ever see. But yeah. the taking an Asian person and trying to make her look white in this, there's there was something kind of... It reminded me of when... Um, uh, the sort of uncanny valley, where mm-hmm. somebody looks kind of... They just look unnatural. Yeah. And I think it was like the latex prosthetics and particularly like Hugh... Um, not uh, Hugo Weaving as the Asian guy in one of the later stories. It's just... It just looked so... <laughs> It was just off-putting, man. I mean, you know, and, I, I, and I, they could have gone so many different interesting directions with it. Uh, ultimately, what did you think of the decision to have the same actors playing multiple roles? I thought that was cool. I guess the whole idea is like, um, I guess the theory that in other lives will be will be other people and we're, we're all connected in some way. And But the suggestion is that the people that are connected are the ones with the, the birthmark. Yeah. And th- those weren't always the same. Yeah, people. Always, so I yeah. feel like having the same actors was almost there just as an additional signpost to make you think about all these connections, but that the soul that we were kind of following through time it all, was all the people with the 
with the birthmark. I don't, I don't know. I found that it to felt be. Like, it felt almost like a play. I think oh, yeah. that's one thing. Well, there were definitely did. scenes that it felt like a play. That's one thing that that did for me. Like, it, it felt like a play. Like, it felt very different than anything mm-hmm. I'd seen because oh, yeah. of that, like, kind of play style with with movie elements. It with was, with quick cutting between different yeah, stories and stuff. Which I thought was really cool. Ultimately, for me, I was disappointed in Tom Hanks's acting in a lot of I, the segments. I have and it a lot. I have never bought, I, I realized watching this movie that I've never bought Halle Berry in anything. I just have never bought her acting in anything. Really? And then I started to think about every movie I've seen her in, and she's always <laughs> lame. I mean, she's always like, I think her looks, I think she's, you know, she's a, definitely beautiful. a beautiful woman. And she definitely, I don't know, I think if you go, if you look at, you know, look at her in X-Men, look at her, I don't know, I, I didn't see Monster's Ball. That's the one she won the, the Oscar for, yeah. so I'll reserve judgment on that. But, you know, what was the movie Swordfish, where she was famous for for showing her boobs or whatever? It's mm-hmm. like... I just can't think of a time she didn't seem kind of stiff and kind of phony. And this movie was just seen it's like every time she's in a new character and it's the same kind of phoniness. I just realized, you know, this is I won't say it's over between me and Halle Berry. She's not like she's not Rosie Perez. I won't avoid a movie just because she's in it. <laughs> I will never avoid a movie with Rosie Perez in it. You will never avoid I will Rosie never Perez? avoid There'll there'll always be a seat open for you. Yes. In, in any movie with Rosie <laughs> Perez. Because I will to... not be going to see the movie. No, I don't know. I say that, even though they're, you know, I probably would, depending on the project. But there's some <laughs> actors that just, you know, are like that you just don't trust them to turn in a very credible performance. Yeah. I this is the first time I've thought of Tom Hanks that way. I mean, he was just miscast in almost every segment. And overacting. Also, what? Okay, this is the last thing. I'm and I'm a say guy who me. liked his performance in Lady Killers, which a lot of yeah. people hate. But I thought his kind of comic grotesque in yeah, that was I funny. Mean, in this, he was playing a comic grotesque. The broken and English and yeah, one of those all the things. accents. It was just not his finest moment. You talking beginning, beginning? Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I thought that was kind of cool, but no, I thought that would, would English just disappear after yeah. a while? Is that what's, yeah. that, that's what happens in the future? I thought it was kind of neat that it forced you to think about what what Ronald is referring to is in one of the far future segments. They're uh-huh. speaking this kind of new pigeon english that is uh almost like a combination of like sort of street lingo and yeah. kind of almost like baby talk and like a, a a more primitive speech but then there are certain uh uh i mean it does seem like that's how language might develop it might i hated when he got so angry that his english would just clear up yeah it was just well, that's like, what i mean about talking, his accent being bad and then when he got mad he'd be like why do you want to do this to yeah, me right. it was very <laughs> weird like i didn't understand that it had, it had its flaws, but I think it's, it was, man, for, for a three-hour movie with six storylines, it was solid. I'd watch it again. Yeah, I I was surprised to think to myself, like, the same thing you just said. Oh, I'd, I'd, I'd actually sit through this again, you mm-hmm. know, because the, the moments that it got me, I mean, there were moments where I was, I was like, pretty deeply affected by yeah. certain things that yeah, happened definitely. in the movie. Like, what's his name, Ben Wishaw? Um, oh, yeah. Plays uh, Robert Frobisher. Yeah. I thought his I th- that story turned out to be really interesting, you know. And I thought Jim Broadbent was also kind of MVP of the movie. Yeah, it was thought, it was good. I yeah. thought it was pretty good. Well, um, I saw the Bay. It was good, man. Oh, you did see it. Okay. I saw the Bay. So, um, as a Levinson uh, follower, does it stack up against Toys? <laughs> <laughs> I'd say it's right there. Oh, really? Um, you know, honestly, it's like we always talk about these found footage films, and I mean, I, I think that you know. If you didn't tell me Barry Levinson made this movie, I don't know that I would know it. You know that there's no, mm-hmm. there's no element that tells me it's Barry Levinson except that it's so heavily about Maryland or you know something having to do with Maryland, which in this case the Chesapeake Bay. But I think it's just as a standalone film itself, even if I take Levinson out of the conversation, I actually was a big fan of it. I mean, there's some pieces of it that kind of fall through for me, and uh, the the endings kind of 
uh, I would say kind of weak, but um, it's it's kind of cool. I mean, it was super super gory, super gross, which is kind of fun. Um, I had my girlfriend going that it was actually like a documentary about the Bay. Like we talked about the Blair Witch thing last time. Like <laughs> she literally thought it was real. <laughs> Where halfway through the movie, she like went to leave the room because she didn't want to watch it because it was freaking her out. Wow. Um, but there's a really cool thing that they talk about because of it being on the Eastern Shore with all the chicken factories and what they do with all of these the, the, the chicken waste that is so built up off of steroids that they give these chickens to basically grow so quickly. Mm-hmm. It's kind of creepy. I mean, like, I don't know what the science is behind that, but I mean, to the novice, you know, I, I'd believe it, you know, and obviously my girlfriend did because she wouldn't watch the rest of the movie with me until I told her that it was a movie mm-hmm. and not not real. So, I mean, I'd Repeat recommend to yourself. It's just a movie. Yeah, yeah. It's just, just a movie. I'd it's recommend checking it out. It's fun. I mean, video mm-hmm. on demand, you can watch from your living room. I check it out. Um, so doesn't it move from uh, like different device to different device? You know, does it does it provide a does it try to provide a through line to that? Or is it just that you're kind of jumping from? Yeah, know? no, basically the device that I was referencing at the beginning of the film is a reporter who was on hand that weekend in the town during their big festivities. And she's actually like Skyping with somebody interviewing, uh, she's being interviewed by somebody like she's basically coming forward like a year or two later with this footage that she's found that the government's been hiding. And she's basically walking that guy through the footage that she's provided him with. Um, and then footage from like people, you know, just at the thing, at the festivities, people on the bay on, on, in boats, you know, footage from like cell phones that they found with kids in, in the town that had died. Like literally there's like references, like FaceTime chats, text message conversations that she shows screenshots of. That's kind of the cool thing I thought about is that like you, you get why people were filming this because it was like a 4th of July thing. Like there's all these activities going on, like crab eating contests and, you know, dunk booths and just fun things that, you mm-hmm. know, people might film, mm-hmm. you know, well, when, uh, uh, you know, we were saying about VHS that when you, when it comes to found footage that sometimes a shorter, more of a vignette type story is more suited to that format because you don't have to provide an explanation for why someone is filming through all of this. So the idea of kind of creating a hodgepodge of that. Yeah, it's, that like, actually it's sounds patchwork. Yeah. I mean, like, and there's like footage of like, Police officers being called to a scene where they think somebody was murdered, but really it was like you know somebody this flesh eating virus had I like consumed I saw that in the them. trailer. The, yeah, the and it's scene. like it's like footage from like the cops, you know, the cameras in the cop car. It's it kind of keeps it fresh to a point, like where you're not getting like kind of like set on one person filming this entire movie. Where mm-hmm. you're like, why are they still filming everything? Mm-hmm. But I mean, the, the ending's not that great. I mean, for the slow build that it has, but I mean, I wish you would have met my granddad. He has about fifty theories about. Uh, malt liquor and uh, Baltimore water and all these <laughs> paranoid sort of things related. So when I saw that, I was like, I can accept this. Mm-hmm. I can accept that the government covered up that. So it was interesting. For a found footage horror film, especially because it's it's kind of creepy being from Maryland and, and being in the bay and swimming in the bay. Yeah. It's kind of scary. You know, like my girlfriend's dad has a boat and we always go in the bay and it's just weird. We have to talk about one thing. What's that? Should I leave the room? The 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 curviness of the reporter. Can we talk about that? I'm not trying to be weird. Ronald, that's not the kind of thing we we stop to make note of on this. OK, podcast. man, just go with that. I would I would go to sleep on her bottom. It was very, she was very attractive to me, man. Okay, good. It's very attractive. That's to our me. conversation She's, about that. She was a, <laughs> you know, it's funny. She wasn't born I'm, in I'm the 70s. Allow that. She wasn't born in the 70s. You know, Ronald, I don't, I don't mind talking about new places to take a nap. I think <laughs> yeah, that's perfectly exactly. appropriate it's conversation. Legit. Yeah, A midday you, nap you, on you, her butt. You're always looking for opportunities exactly. to nap. She was not born in the 70s. 
But she was very hippie. I don't know what that was. You've been waiting all week to say that. I you? was, and it didn't sound the uh, same way I thought. <laughs> hey, Ronald, don't use that in the stand-up act. Yeah. Never. This has become, I feel like I'm getting to say, like, this is becoming an outlet for Ronald to test some of his material. No, actually, believe it or not, this is just For any of you that don't know, Ronald's going to be, like, the next big stand-up comedian in, in the world, I think. I'm going to be the next He's gonna be the next, He's going to be the next Chris Tucker. <laughs> oh, oh, God. Well, shower four. So, yeah, the best. <laughs> She was very curvy. She was. She was very pretty too. She was good though. She was really good. But but did you like it? I mean, did I you did, see I what really, I was talking about? I legitimately or? liked the way it was done. I think the devices used to show the found footage were done. Like was why? Ex- why was somebody filming this? Right. It was kind of cool. Yeah, it made sense. Like the Skype calls between the um the health the health uh, organization and the, like the doctor the, the doctor yeah. that that stuff all made sense. The FaceTime conversations. It was done well. I I really. I didn't get bored and very did you see like what I meant like how gory it was it was like it was really gross yeah there were parts where I was like wow that was gross yeah yeah like, is, is this a side of Barry Levinson that we didn't know about I, maybe I, I don't know the thing is I also don't like bugs and shit so <laughs> like the the thing the that thing where yeah. scamper I don't like scamper <laughs> I don't like scamper it was gross Definitely worth checking out, though. Yeah. I, I Again, that's on video on demand. Yeah, yeah. And, Definitely in, and, and worth in some seeing. theaters, too. I was really surprised at how it just had a lot of soul to it. Like, I love the the town thing. Like, it just it gave it more, more of a personal touch to it. You can tell that the person, some of the people involved with it had lived there or something. Yeah. Like, it was very... It felt very authentic. Yeah, authentic yeah. and very close, close, every, yeah. close knit. Mm-hmm. Felt like a very small town, and it felt like the person that did, uh, I guess, uh, what do you call it when when a person comes into the town and a lo- lobster location man. scout, <laughs> location <laughs> scout. I guess the, yeah, the, the hand scout. motion that you yeah. did could be nothing but like a lobster like, man. Yeah. like a yeah. kung fu chops. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, the person that scouted that a kung term. fu robot yeah. or a lobster man. It was a cool place, yeah. and I, and I, you, you could tell that it came from that. The whole story came from that one picture. You could tell. Yeah. From somebody wrote an entire script based on one picture. That gross fucking picture that we've all seen of that fish with that nasty smiling looking little. Something lobster-looking thing in the mouth of a fish. The isopod. Isopod. Yeah. What the fuck? Never want to see one of those. <laughs> <laughs> I will iso die. I will fucking shit myself. It's gross. I think it's gross. Did you really just say iso die? Iso die. Because I'll be the only that, person. That sounds like a Gene Shallot like <laughs> review. You know, like isopods. I'd rather iso die. That seems like one. That seems like one Gene Shallot would write, and then would say no, and wad it up and throw it in the trash can. <laughs> <laughs> Throwaway joke. For some reason it reminds me of when uh, Frank Darabont did The Mist. Yeah. Just the idea that it's a director who's done this this big, you know, uh, high production value type movie. That again with the Oscar grab sensibility, and then. You know, to go and make a, a kind of an ugly little little genre movie like that was kind of interesting, with an ending that people hate, <laughs> which I loved. But mm. oh, the mist, yeah. yeah, yeah, maybe bleakest ending ever. Bleak, absolutely, yeah. I mean, at least of a movie that made it to mainstream theaters with like more than three thousand screens on opening weekend. Probably. Yeah, <laughs> everybody that I went and saw it with, I remember seeing that movie. We're like, what? Mm-hmm. Why are you kidding me? Have you seen the mist? No. Oh my god. I actually like the movie a lot, but you really? should check it out, yeah. But the Bay is out now, I'm video on demand. It may be in a theater near you. You know what? It had occurred to me that a lot of movies that we've talked about 
um, back in our fall preview have kind of snuck out without us commenting on them. And I think you saw one of them, the sessions. Is that, is that, I did see the sessions. Yeah. I was actually possibly going to be seeing Lincoln and I ended up seeing the sessions as a last minute change. But, um, yeah, we talked about the sessions. I mean, like, I didn't really know a lot about that before we did that preview Mm -hmm. episode, but, um, Ben Lewin's new film, the sessions, uh, John Hawks is in it. Helen Hunt is in it. Uh, it's basically based on the true story of, uh, Mark O'Brien, uh, who was paralyzed from the neck down, suffering from polio, and he basically, you know, he wanted to lose his virginity before, you know, he knew he was going to have a shorter life and, you know, one of his goals. Same and uh, he works with a sex therapist, Helen Hunt, uh, to to achieve that goal. The lady's still alive. She is alive. She's like 60, 61. And, and I'll tell you right now, she's she's naked for over half of the scenes she's in the movie. Fully naked. I know you maybe you want to check that out, Ronald. Sixty-five year old nude women. You hold, be down. Hold on. Do you not have to tell me that again? When we tell, say do when we say it slow, yeah. slower. Mm-hmm. Helen Hunt is nude. What, or... what, 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 what? <laughs> but she's not really sixty-five. <laughs> she is not. I think yeah. she's like fifty, maybe, yeah. or forty something, late forties. But Helen whatever. Hunt has, still she, has she, it. she doesn't look bad. She still has um that's what that's what you came here to find out, folks. Was, yeah. How does Helen Hunt yes, look? Yes, she is nude and she looks pretty good for her age. Yeah. Um so, like, I don't know, Broken Records. All you perverts Steve, can back. stop listening to the yeah, podcast tune out, now. Unsubscribe now. <laughs> um, you know, it's going to be said a lot with these films we talk about this time of year, but John Hawks absolutely will be probably discussed with, you know, Academy Awards season comes around because um, what a demanding performance. You know, the entire film, you know, he's in either the Iron Lung that's keeping him alive or he's in a bed being wheeled around to see a sex therapist mm-hmm. in a hotel to teach him how to, you know, respond to her body. And it's really cool film, um, a really nice balance of humor and emotion. And um, Helen Hunt is, you know, I, I don't feel like she kind of shines really in the film. And she, I think she does her part. Um, she's definitely not the star. John Hawks is incredible in the movie. Um, is it one of those great performance, decent movie type I, things? I think if I had to sum it up, yeah. I, I, I don't know that there's like, I don't know that there's much. I, William H. Macy has a role as a, as a, a preacher or a pastor like that. Uh, Mark or John Hawks kind of confides in as he's trying to do this, you know, before marriage and he's a devout Catholic and, you know, all this stuff and making sure that he gets, you know, father's permission before he does this kind of thing. And those scenes play really well and their, their mm-hmm. scenes together are actually really funny and uh, definitely provide a lot of the laughs in the film. But his character, John Hawks' character in the film in general is, is, is a pretty funny guy. He's a very opinionated, very matter of fact. He has his rhythms and he knows how he wants to live his his different life. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's just incredible, you know, honestly, like you definitely identify with the character and, um, but you're right. Yeah. I, I think overall a good film, but really good performance by, mm-hmm. by, uh, John gotcha. Hawks. Um, I'm not sure that that release pattern for that film, I don't think, I don't know that it's going like wide. Um, I, I think it's probably going to be in theaters by the time you hear this episode, but, um, yeah. I would definitely check it out. If you're somebody that likes to just be in the know when it comes to like award season, he's been on that, he's been on that brim for the past few years with winter's bone and, uh, Martha Marcy May Marlene and I think he's getting closer and closer I don't know that this is the year that he wins for this role but it's still right. when you're there I guarantee I'm pretty confident he'll be there for the third row third year in a row and when you're at that point there's a it's only a matter of time before you are that go-to act you know well I mean? it's almost like you get in the club somehow yeah of like I mean you know years ago it happened with like I don't know. I'm trying to think of other great character actors that have kind of had their turn, like you know John Turturro and Philip Seymour Hoffman, those types of actors that just start to kind of get and recognized. Colin Firth, maybe a good example yeah. of it. And I think that like uh, 
yeah, I think it's just it seems like it's John Hawks's time right now. And that that was it was funny that when that trailer came out, the the biggest the I mean, the thing definitely the thing that makes the biggest impression on you is his performance. You you know, you you all, all I also could sort of tell from that trailer was I just thought, okay, that movie looks like it would make me choke up a, a few yeah, times. Yeah, same. But sometimes you don't know if that necessarily if those are really the best movies or if those are just the movies that have decided they're going to play with real human stakes and real human emotions and yeah. and you know yeah. oh, well, I, i'm interested in seeing it. i'm yeah. not really a big fan of things i, I know that it's going to pull at my heartstrings mm-hmm. you know it's purposefully set up this man you know that he's dying so mm-hmm. it's like this is already going to be hard i don't know like I, I didn't i didn't really feel like there was a lot of like point at my heart i mean i, I would admit that i'm a pretty emotional person like especially watching films and i get yeah. you know emotional a lot during movies but I don't, I don't, I didn't have that response to the movie because I think it's played in a way where it's like, I'm not, you know, you're not like sad. Yeah. You know, you're, you're sad at the loss, but you're not sad for him, um, you know, him leaving this world. I don't know, you know, I'm yeah. not to ruin it, but it's, it's, if you look up the film, if you read anything about it, um, you know, it's like you're more like they're, well, the, the whole, if the whole premise of a movie is a guy who says, I want to, Learn yeah, what sex is yeah. like before I die. Right. You have to imagine. It, it might be involved in the ending yeah. of the film. But yeah, I mean, good film, really good yeah. performance. I mean, absolutely will be nominated. Don't know if it'll win. I haven't seen The Master yet. I yeah. know that's a film. You like, haven't seen them. No. no. Shame on um, you, sir. I know. One more movie that I want to talk that I saw. Um, David O. Russell's Silver Linings Playbook. Um, I'll say right now, it's my favorite movie of the year. Oh, really? Uh, I thought it was incredible. I'm glad to hear it, that because it I took c- me by surprise. Jennifer Lawrence. So sexy. So oh, sexy. Oh, my goodness. Take it back to Billy Madison. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I knew that I wanted to see the film. I like mm-hmm. David Russell. Really, I like Bradley Cooper. I mean, I, I think this is going to really change the way a lot of people see him. I, I think weird wild card i think he may actually get nominated for a best actor as well really? at mm-hmm. the oscars i think this is going to be a film depending how it plays when it comes out on uh well actually it's going to probably be in theaters now when you hear this podcast but um depending on how the film performs at the box office if it holds over through the holidays it's a really interesting blend of rom-com and david Russell always kind of dances around these like kind of not traditional forms of comedy or, or topics of comedy like mental illness and marital mm-hmm. issues mm-hmm. and weird uh uh think like uh Robert De Niro plays Bradley Cooper's father he's got all these weird like um what do you call it? I, I, the word excuse me like with football like um superstitions like in, in oh, okay. things that he does like you know it, it really kind of It's a Boston movie? No, Philadelphia. Oh. It like kind of which oh. a lot of David and Russell stuff is in there but like it just it just really kind of like mixes these weird subjects together, and there is such an amazing balance of very funny pieces, very serious, you know, very lighthearted family beats. Um, just an awesome movie, and uh, the crowd that I saw with smaller theater down in Baltimore City um, just ate every minute of this film up. I mean, a true cl- crowd pleaser. Um, Jennifer Lawrence is great in it. She may get a nomination as well. I think in all the major categories, this film is going to be nominated. Really? I, I, Bradley I, yeah. Cooper. It just really, it just felt so great to see a movie that I didn't have a lot of expectations of. I knew I wanted to see it. Like I said, I like most of the people involved with it. Mm-hmm. I was really surprised with Bradley Cooper's performance. I mean, I think you two will be as well. I mean, well, I mean, you, me I, I wasn't sure how you felt about him before, but it sounds like you had similar feelings to mine. I, I thought he was decent. I thought he was pretty good as the preppy douchebag in Wedding Crashers. Yeah. And I thought everything he did after that, he seemed to me a little bit like 
I still saw him as a kind of a preppy douchebag. Yeah, I mean, and I couldn't really like him that much. But even again, just in the trailer for this, he looks like he's playing a different character. He, like a he guy, literally was to me like he was. I think in the eighteen, he was the wasn't he the face? Yeah, like yeah. that. That's how I felt about him yeah. for the most part. I mean, he was in a couple of films that like I kind of was like into a little bit. I can't mm-hmm. remember the one that he was actually in with Robert De Niro uh, uh, with the little drug, Limitless. I actually kind of liked it. I kind of liked that movie. I've heard good things I, about I, that. I actually was really surprised by that. But this is a definitely a different role for him. Um, in in having more of a spectrum of of a- actually acting, you know what I mean, and like kind of showing you uh, the journey of a character and mm-hmm. the up and down of it, and and you know, and by the end of the film, you're just you're just you're just rooting for this guy. I mm-hmm. mean, and the whole the I I actually got a hold of the book. I want to read the novel that's based on because I, I like the movie that much, and uh, like the whole idea of uh, silver linings and his mentality of how he sees life coming out of this mental hospital and even knowing what he wants to believe still being challenged by what he experienced. And it's just, it's just a great movie. How's De Niro in this? I think he's great. Cause he's not like, isn't Chris Tucker in the movie? Chris Tucker is in it. He's really good too. It's weird, dude. Did side note, did you hear he's going to probably be in the remake of your film, the untouchables? What? Yeah, they they, now, they talked about that this week. It was a big news article. I, I didn't know if you saw that or not. No, I know you've been talking about that a lot on the podcast. Oh, I think because man. of what he's doing in this film, he's going to be in it. I, you know, he's what? solid man. I and can, Colin Firth. I trust him with that. The other male lead. Holy yeah. shit, he's yeah. going to be the black dude. Yeah, let's. Well, I think th- that much is safe. <laughs> no, he's going to be the white dude. Colin you know Firth what I is mean, the black dude. This isn't Cloud Atlas. He's not going to be playing thirteen <laughs> different races <laughs> in the movie. <laughs> Gonna, they are gonna close his eyes and narrow his nose. And <laughs> that sounds really cool, though. Yeah, man. I, just see this movie. I mean, I, I don't want to build it up too much because I went in with not a lot of expectations. Yeah. I want to just say that it looks like kind of a crowd pleasing movie that that's got some quirky business going on. Like I, it's got I, some I wasn't really... expecting a whole lot, but I was expecting it to just be good because David O. Russell is good. Yeah, so. he's solid. He wrote it, directed it. Um, I didn't know it was adapted from a book. Though. Yeah, Matthew, I think Matthew Quick is the author. Okay. Um, but I don't know, man, just like some really funny pieces. Mm-hmm. And and it's so unassuming, too, because these are two people, Jennifer Lawrence and Bradley Cooper's characters, are both people dealing with mental issues mm-hmm. that from from really severe See, events. See, but if we go in there assuming in, it's going to be unassuming, then the game's <laughs> there, up. There you go. Yeah. Uh, you know, that this suffered like pretty traumatic experiences, both with their, uh, with their loved ones, let's mm-hmm. just say that. And, you know, it just it's just really kind of nice to relax and just kind of go and see how they interact with one another. Does she, does she not play as like 15 years younger than him? No, I think she's she he actually calls her out for like her age in the film in, mm-hmm. in the character. And she kind of like her response to that tells you that she's up to par with okay. him. You know what I mean? Like she's older in the film, but he kind of like has that same reaction. Like, mm-hmm. how old are you? Are you even like 18 and she kind of just dishes it right back to him. It, cool. It's really a cool interplay. But, um, yeah, man, Silver Lines, I, 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 I need to see it again. I, I loved it. Absolutely. The, the the guy who's had this break from reality and is kind of clawing his way back, I don't know why, but that really resonates with me. Yeah. Um, yeah. But um, <laughs> but then finding out that it was the new David O. Russell movie, yeah. I mean, he's supposed to be kind of a difficult guy That's all I've with. ever heard. Like, I've seen those videos of... Uh, a Lily Tomlin. Lily Tomlin yeah, yeah, those are insane. So that almost seems like it makes it more interesting when a guy like that makes a movie about difficult people and inappropriate people. Like, I don't know. I, I just feel like there's something about about the subject matter that is that is is ripe, you know, because yeah. you see movies depict people 
I mean, I think there's there's, and I haven't seen the movie yet, so I'll, yeah. I'll report back with what yeah, I think. But yeah, definitely. But you know, there's like movie crazy, and then there's like real life crazy. Yeah. And I don't think movies really often deal with the sort of real life crazy that a person can be. And not crazy, I realize is a poor word to use. Uh, uh, but like mental illness in movies, oftentimes is like played as like a convenience, or it's just like so outlandish. Yeah. It's just rare to see people portrayed as as they really are, where they're kind of difficult. And they cause all these problems for themselves, but that they're that they're still functionally a, a real person that's like trying in there. And I feel like that that's the vibe I got from the. And that's exactly this. what it is. And that's a really cool point to say because, like, what you wonder is like you you feel like it's like somebody you probably know. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like that person that you kind of wonder like, are they okay? And there's pieces of the film where you see either character kind of like they start taking a step in the right direction, but it's so. It's so it's like played down so much that it's like you wonder, okay, they're getting better, and then something happens, and it's mm-hmm. like they're not. You, you just can't read that person. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you can't predict it because they truly do have something wrong until they're able to kind of, you know, take control of it. Well, I mean, and, people that really have depression and that yeah. sort of thing, it doesn't make sense, and yeah. you can't explain it away. And, and there's a reason why a lot of them need drugs to kind of yeah. balance yeah. things and out. A lot and, of that comes up in the film, like with him taking not or wanting or not wanting to take drugs. I mean, it's it's. Yeah. I kind of need to step back because I feel like mm-hmm. I kind of gushed about it too much. I don't want to like I let like you guys down if you see like it. For you to say that it's that good, it's more like that confirms for me that it's not sappy because I think that was my only fear from the trailer. But I think that when you, when there's characters you actually care about, you kind of want a little sap. Yeah, you, know? you want. I'll say it, there is a little bit. It's not. Yeah. It's not that it's not present, but it's like it's not that the characters are so big or so overplayed where like everything he does it everything he or she does is sappy or or yeah. you know cheesy I, or whatever i like movies about mental illness i haven't seen too many good ones probably the last good good one i saw was adam mm-hmm. oh yeah dancy and uh rose Byrne. yeah so good. i like I'm, that I'm, film too. Yeah, yeah i, I think you guys would both like it um i am I'm, i love when it happens when i see a movie like that like right around this time of year where i wasn't really like it's on my list of want to see, but it's not like the yeah. oh my god, I can't wait to see it. it right. I felt like I was like much more excited to see a film like Argo, mm-hmm. and like I still really enjoyed Argo. But seeing this film, I would say that I, I mean, I, if I had to rank, I, I enjoyed this film more. Right. You know, I had oh, a okay. much more enjoyable experience watching this movie in a theater as an ex- just a, a entertainment experience. It was it was awesome. There was nothing that ruined that experience. It's funny that you bring that up, John. I'm gonna oh. take a take a moment real quick to uh, remind everyone. Uh, if you remember when we talked about Sinister, uh, or in context of when John and I saw Sinister, I had a run-in with a with a gentleman of of more age than I, and uh, basically we were just talking about how he was talking during the whole movie, and I asked him yeah. to stop talking, and you know he basically like snapped at me, talked crap to me after the movie, was getting in my face. That same, uh, I'm not going to say that word. <laughs> that same gentleman. Was at the screening. You know, of I don't Silver think gentlemen is. I think gentlemen. Not only did you not I went say the, the other word direction. you meant, yeah, you went. Okay. <laughs> I went the other direction. All right, other other end I'm, of the I'm spectrum. I'm the bigger man right here. Yeah, okay, you are. You are. Um, You're the gentleman. I he was at Silver Lines Playbook again. I think he's following me. He literally, John. <laughs> I had my stuff down in the seats. I was saving for my friend and I. Mm-hmm. I come in the theater. He moved my stuff to the floor next to the seats, and he's sitting in the in seats. To the floor. Yes. And then I was like, okay, you know, I'm not going to say anything. nemesis, Ronald. I'm not going to say anything. I'm going to just grab my stuff. I'm going to put it by the the seat behind him or the row behind him and just whatever. And I'm talking to my friend saying, yeah, I had these, but somebody moved them. And and then he starts, like, eyeing me up. Like, he's, like, about to say something to me. And then I was like, (laughs) it's okay. Like, it's cool. I'm just going to sit back here. And he's like, okay. I was like, did you move? And then I said, did you move my stuff? 
He's like, yeah, I did move your stuff. I was like, why? He said it like that? I was like, yeah, I, I, I was did. like, why would you move somebody else's stuff? You know, like, this isn't your stuff. He's like, well, I thought it was trash. I'm you like, thought it was I'm like the, and I pointed, I pointed down the row and I was like, that gentleman down there that had this seat draped across the back of the seat as opposed to across the seat, does that look like trash? Would you move that? And he's like, no, that, that's a coat. I was like, well, this, what do you call this? You know what I mean? Like, come on. And he literally stood up out of his seat and got in my face like he wanted to fucking fight me. You should have said. It was insane. You should have said, sir, (laughs) you are a piece of fuck. That's what I was telling you. I wish you would have been there because your rant about what you would have done to that man and his child. You could have taken it both out on him. That's so crazy. You just need need to make a soundboard of that. I I don't. I I can't. I was so livid. Like my. I just walked out. I was like, "What this is?" I told the security guard like I was there, like seeing the film in a different context. But I told the security guard, "I was like, you need to talk to this gentleman before something happens. Not beyond him just being kicked out of this theater. Like, you know, he." I swear this guy's like it's going to be an ongoing theme on this, in this podcast. <laughs> right? He's going to continue to show up, and one day you will meet him, Ronald. I would love to meet him. Meet the he sounds like so an the fact that you had just watched a movie though about a guy who kind of went through a psychotic break, did that help you deal with your emotions in that moment? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I kind of got a hold of myself. Um, I looked to the silver lining of the situation mm-hmm. yeah. was that I saw a great film, yeah. and that um, I am I, I have more years to live than he does. Hopefully, oh my um, goodness, that's I, yeah, a terrible I thing to that. say. I don't care. I, I don't care about that guy. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he probably got hit by a car after the screening. I'm fine with that. No, we we this guy was older, Ronald. I, I think we we hope that Steve has a long <laughs> right, 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 even right. at best. Yes, yes, I, yes. Even if we give the guy thirty <laughs> more years, don't you want Steve? To yeah, I want you to live. Thanks, John. Yeah. I want you to live longer than Thanks, this guy. But that's, that's, <laughs> oh my yeah. God, the the I don't know, man. Like God, I'm, man, I'm sitting, God. I'm sitting there having a conversation with this guy, thinking, why is John not here? Like he John you, was the, with me at Sinister. There's something, there's something different about putting it in a seat. He just put it on the floor. Yeah, it's like hanging off. Like you know, not on the seat is like an end seat. Yeah. Not on the seat, but on the floor, like bumped up against the side of the seat, and he's in the seat. And I'm just like, oh my god! I tried not to say anything. I went behind the row, mm-hmm. moved my seats. There were seats <laughs> behind it. I love that he said, "Yeah, yeah, I did yeah, it." Yeah, yeah. He was like, "Yeah, I did. <laughs> I did move your stuff." I pretty much didn't confuse you. On the floor. You. I'm like, <laughs> "Why would you move mine?" Not that. He's like, "Because well, yours. I thought it was trash." <laughs> Because I had because I had a bag with it, and he thought it was trash. That is so funny to me. I, th- I thought a hobo was sleeping in the middle. Yeah, the I thought they let anybody in here. What a fucking oh idiot! Thankfully, the yeah. movie was awesome. So fuck that guy. Yeah, that's my rant. Thanks, John, for bringing sure. that up. Yeah, I appreciate Anytime. it. You, I wanted to get that out. Yeah, coming, was, we have to go to more movies together, Ronald. Because it was trash. Yep. This guy. <laughs> He's a passhole. He comes to all these screens. I see him all the time now, and and it's gonna there's gonna be a, a showdown. I'm glad he didn't throw your shit in the chair. Like I think, so I don't think that many things are worth slapping people over. But if he took your stuff and physically was about to put it in a trap, I would. I would I would slap his face. I would, if he was throwing it away, yeah. Oh my god, it's dude. It would have been a different friend, conversation. My right friend now. has a term for attacking someone. It's laying hands on someone so he's like i don't want to have to lay hands on you sir so you may have to tell him that sometime. i think i will next i'm gonna time. have to lay hands on you sir as long as you're with me i'll, I'll be right there <laughs> for you is he tall no he's this, this, he's like short i mean i'm like five ten five he's smaller than he's me he's just throwing he's his... old man <laughs> he's very i, I don't so know do you think, i, I do you read think... him i feel like he was maybe in a war okay or something like he has some sort of you know what do maybe... you think he remembered you 
Dude, yes, I really do think he did because, because of after Sinister when the lights were yeah. up and we were having it. Yeah, out, yeah. He totally remembered me. Yeah. I'm saying for you to recognize him, oh, he totally he had to be able to recognize. Which is you. why I think he was like yeah. was giving it to me, like when I was moving behind him and like was telling my friend, like, because I, you know, whatever. I did like say to my friend, I was like, yeah, I, these are my seats. Like somebody moved my shit, and then and then that's when he got in, oh. and I was like. Should I have not said that? But that was my friend and I talking. Mind your fucking business. Yeah, you know? I just imagine that Kill Bill siren coming up when he stood up. That's what happened. Can you put the sound on your phone next time we go? And if you play that shit when that moment, I'm not gonna stop. That siren just came on right when he saw his face. He's like, "Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was me. It was trash." <laughs> And I enjoy being an asshole. <laughs> I thoroughly enjoy being an asshole. That was terrible, man. <laughs> guys, this guy's a dick. You know what's crazy? He probably is not that bad of a person outside of these little displays of ignorance. What makes you a bad person if not the way you act when you're out with people? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You should. The next time he does it, you should wish something on him. Really, uh, you know what? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna just hug him. Yeah, you I'm gonna know, go the other way with wish it. Him. You should do things. Mm-hmm. You, I know what you should do. Don't don't fucking get super duper mad. Next time he does this, wish things on him that are really inconvenient. Like the next time you turn on your hot water, I hope it's cold. I hope that the next time you talk to your kid, they don't say I love you at the end of the conversation. And then you don't talk to them for a month because you're kind of an asshole. I hope you go home to make a sandwich tonight and you pull the luncheon meat out of the fridge and you put it down on the counter and it's got a little bit of a greenish hue to Just it. Just a little. You're not yeah. sure if it's bad exactly. or not. You, Can I eat this? You, you, you take a whiff and it's, it's like, I'm not sure if that's just what turkey's supposed to smell like. <laughs> right. Right. You just I like, try to okay. I And, hope and, and then to... when you pull it out, it's a little slimier than you were hoping. Exactly. You go to get uh, some yeah. cereal and the, the milk has expired. But then you kind of swish it around. You know what's you know what's great about wishing weird little things like that on someone is then when all those things inevitably happen to them, that person will suddenly become afraid of your powers. They'll be like, "Oh my god, it's all coming true." He's going to just look up at this guy and go, "No, like Vader, like Vader." Yeah, like now we say like Vader. Thanks for that one, George. Yeah, so that's that guy. That's all I got. That's I mean, that's what I've seen. That's all you've seen. That's all I've seen. Twilight, The Session, Silver Linings Playbook. You guys should see record before we record again. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I think. Is that the challenge? <clears throat> All right. Oh, God. Okay. I, the next time we record, I will see the record. I promise you, you, Ronald. I need to see That's Let Me In. That's my Thanksgiving let pledge me in to is you. going to be mine because I saw Let the Right One In again. I need to see Let Me In. I have Let Me In Blu-ray copy. That's the give and take. You see that? Oh, uh, we'll yeah. We'll see talk record. about it. I'm, I'm, I've been wanting to see it. So. Okay. Cool. Cool. Yeah. So that's what I've seen. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I think we've got enough there. <laughs> we got enough. <laughs> Be sure to go to movieshmovie.net. Movieshmovie.gmail.com. Facebook. Facebook. Go over to iTunes. Mixcloud. Always there. Oh, we're all over the place. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Have a good night. As always. As always. You've, you've made our day. day. Bye. Bye. I'm not taking part in that. That's a terrible thing to say. Have a good night.